Hey friends, just hopping in real quick at the top of this episode to let you know um, my buddy Swan kind of uh, sprung this on me unexpectedly. Um, I got this story to tell. That's pretty much what this episode is, just me telling a story. Um, I, I, uh, I I think it's a reasonably entertaining story. I, I have intended to tell it at some point. Um, I had kind of imagined, though, preparing notes and uh, kind of putting it together in a, in a nice, maybe more graceful way. Um you know, kind of the moth radio hour storytelling festival style, you know, though, of course, dreaming that I can, that I'd even be capable of putting together a story in that style and actually doing it are two very different things. So maybe it's better to just have it done this way. Just, just get it out. Um, so hopefully this is a reasonably entertaining, uh, a story and it's enjoyable. Um, if not, I do apologize. Um, also just so you know, the next episode that comes out after this one. So in two weeks is going to be an interview with Michael Roddy of Arise and Go. Uh, if you're not already familiar with Michael Roddy as a piper or with uh, a Rise and Go as a, a, a music group, uh, feel free to check them out. They've got some great stuff on YouTube, and of course their music's around on Bandcamp and stuff like that. Um, make really good music. I'm really looking forward to sharing that episode with you. It was a really delightful interview. And um, if you don't have a copy of their album yet, uh, one option is to try your luck over on uh, Patreon, because I'll be giving away a copy of their album here at the end of the month. So uh, hop over there. I got uh, it set up with uh, two tiers. The tenor drone tier is only three bucks a month. The bass drone tier is only five bucks a month, and you get entered into these drawings, and you get to be privy to, oh, all kinds of really fun conversations and stuff over there. I'm sure the uh, the the four patrons that <laughs> are currently over there uh, are chuckling right now because it's, well, check it out, then you'll know what it's like. <laughs> anyway, there's the plug. Um, hope you hope you enjoy this story and uh, and ha- have a great have a great uh, you know great great day great evening great week whatever it is bye bye. This is this is actually the first time that I've done an interview in person. I think. Well, sure. I'm glad to be like the. F- fifth time you've interviewed me and the first time you've interviewed <laughs> somebody live a lot of the times like that person. i've interviewed have been the first for you're the first book club interview as well if i can call it that yeah yeah oh actually you know what would be funny get it get it get at your chanter play me a little play it play us in play me a little something would you <clears throat> what were you playing just now oh well a work in progress or that's, do something else that's what i was playing um well i try to open my ginger beer without getting this all yeah. wet. so um if you want to hear how horribly i am so Pipeline, just a few weeks ago, had, uh, what's her name, Bridger Chaimel? I don't know how to say her name. She yeah, had the reeling to... on there. She had um, Skylark's Ascension, and I was like, I have to learn that tune. So I've been learning that tune. So I'm playing uh, uh, a version, um, more of a Great Highland mm-hmm. pipe version, right? I'm not as good as those small pipers out there, but... Oh man, let's let's try that all over again. I'm very snatchy in my playing, as I've noticed. Let's let's jump. How about you come in? (laughs) (laughs) You can leave all this in. That's fine. Let's try. Let's try, um, let's just go to the second part.
Is that the one on the reeling? <laughs> does that one have a lady singing Cantrop with it? At some uh, part, like like after it's been going for a couple minutes. I don't. I've actually never listened to the album The Reeling. Oh. Unless that's what Gary West played on Pipeline. I know that he did play a track from The Reeling pretty recently, but he might. I mean, it's a great album. I don't know so if it was The Reeling or if it was just another one of her recordings. Right. But. Yeah. Yeah. I um when I first encountered her, I hadn't heard anybody say her name, and so in my head it was always something like Bregada Chambuiel, something like yeah. that, you know? Like, every time I wanted to look up her album again, I had to, like, be like, oh, I'm going to try a few times at the Google search, like, type in what I think it's spelled like, and then mm-hmm. try, like, bagpipes, you know, like, try to narrow it down. I've heard people since there say it's something like Bridget, Bridget, Bridget. Sure, I and mean... Then, and then Campbell. I'm, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sure. Sure, that right. sounds great. Yeah, sure. We all know who we're talking about, right? We all know who we're talking about. It's kind of like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know. You can like, <laughs> you can kind of like say kind of his name, and you know what people are, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. So. But anyway, I mean, you know, I know you're gonna get a thousand emails. Hopefully, nobody has my email. Yeah, they're gonna be like, that guy sucks. <laughs> like, I know I suck, but I'm having fun doing it. So send them in. Send them in to the droning on podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Let me know what you thought about, about Mike's rendition. Oh, shoot. But the reason I was going to have you play us in was so that I could do the do a little gag and be like, um, okay, here's what I was going to do. I was going to say, um, hello, my name my name's James here with the Droning On Podcast. I'm here with my, my clean-shaven co-host, Ooh. Mike Swan. And now you say, that's me. That's me. And now I say, um, this is a squeaky clean podcast, so if you want to listen to something horribly, uh, terrifyingly dirty, uh, I suggest you hop over to the Channerant. Uh, three, two, one. Uh, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Sunflowers and pink roses. Yeah, I tried to gag like that when Josh was on, was on the show, and uh, maybe, maybe that one went, went more smoothly. But I should, I, should, no, I should plan my gags ahead of time instead of trying to just shoot them from the hip. That's a good. It's, it's okay, because um, I've got a, not a gag, but... I have a uh, a twist for you. Mm. Bring it in. This episode is going to be about James Moyer. What? Come yeah. on. No. Yes. Uh-huh. 100%. Come on. Because no one's heard your story. Mm. Right? So the idea with the podcast from, <clears throat> from a back-end type of listen here, personage, whatever. Mm-hmm. From somebody that mm-hmm. knows more than just what's hit publish and hit hit send hit print download listen to mm. um the idea with the podcast is people's stories getting to know the people right yeah that's true so, yeah now it's time for your story oh okay okay oh, the, i could i could i could roll with this uh, this actually this reminds me do we still have maybe, maybe i can't remember if i mentioned this on one of the episodes that when i interviewed you before maybe when i talked with kevin it came up that like you and i have been chatting about like because you you're also a connoisseur of podcasts yeah you had that auto sales podcast yep. for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, I have nothing to do with auto sales, but I listened to every episode of that podcast <laughs> and, and very much enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I remember it was while I was listening to that, that I was just thinking to myself, like, why am I enjoying this? You know, when like the subject matter really isn't that interesting. It's because there were a lot of stories that came up, all these stories about customers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why it'd be enjoyable. So you are very much like the... Um, don't don't set this bar too high, dude. But, but you are very much like, well, you're, you're, you're at least the, <laughs> the, the wall that I've been bouncing stuff against since sure. before the beginning for you know like every time i have an idea or i'm unsure about something i'm always like hey swan like what what's this thing oh yeah by the way we're drinking uh Bundaberg ginger beer um okay. not a sponsor but they could be if they wanted to be um, if you haven't gathered from my previous episodes james and i are both a lover of wings and ginger beer mm. and we just finished a lot of wings 
And in fact, if you felt unsure about your your playing just now on the practice channel, mm. blame it on the wings. Totally. You, you just covered in just covered in sauce. Slipping all over that. <laughs> yes. Um, now this is supposedly a product of Australia. There is a picture of a kangaroo on the front, so mm -hmm. I got to think that's got to be. It legitimate. says Australian family owned. So well. now, if I had to rate this ginger beer, are uh, we talking one to ten, or are we talking five stars? <laughs> one to ten stars. Should we do uh, that? Do I, that I would give it a two. Two. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Out of one hundred. <laughs> two out of one hundred. No. Oh no. That's a that's an inside <laughs> joke for anyone that's watched. Uh, oh shoot, what's that? What's that New Zealand one? Flight of the Concords? Oh, yeah, yeah. Flight of the yeah. Concords. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the band manager writes a, an article and gives the review out two, and they think it's two out of five, but it's two out of five. <laughs> no, um, it's good. It's very, it's, um, as far as ginger beers go that I've had, it's definitely a sweet. Yeah. A ginger flavor, but not the ginger burn so much. Yeah, I like it, but I definitely like it. If it was up to me, I'd say this is the best ginger ale out there. Mm, I would agree with that. But yeah, because yeah, as you and I define them, ginger ales tend to be more that soda pop sweet. Yep, yep. And a ginger beer mm -hmm. <clears throat> puts hair on your chest. <laughs> That's so. right. Or singes it off, one or the other. Uh, well, I, our second highest by nationality, our second highest listenership right now is in Australia. So if any Australians have strong feelings about uh, Bundaberg uh, ginger beer. Yeah. like I, Or I is never... ginger beer... Uh, popular down there is it a thing down there yeah that's 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 the thing about these imported goods i never know like are they slapping the australian label on here because americans mm -hmm. will be like "Ooh, australian cool i'll buy it and then like it's like unknown in australia like do they like not even sell their product in australia or is this like an australian favorite and it got so big that they were like oh let's take it international you know right, right. Mm -hmm. take it elsewhere yeah let us know yeah let james know yeah uh, so so james um talk to me about uh how you got into well no everyone knows everyone knows if they listen to the pre if you haven't go back and listen previous oh, episodes well that, yeah that's sorry i don't mean to yank you off your, your track here that's I was, I was i meant to ask you do we still have those episodes somewhere like in google drive or something because at some point when you were still running excuse me ginger burp um you were still running that uh car talk uh uh podcast oh, yeah. i came over to, to the dealership and we did like a test run and we just like, is there really something in this for like a, a, a bagpipe stories interview show? And we just like mm -hmm. tried it out. And you sent me the recording so we could listen to it and think about it later. I wonder if, or do you know if they're still on Ginger or on Ginger Drive? <laughs> are they still on Google Drive? Um, I never cleared out my Google Drive, so they're very they're high. They're still there. Possibility. I got to yeah. dig them up. So let's take a look. I'll be episode 100 Easter egg release or something. Yeah, do you know what episode you're at right now? Uh, Mid-50s. That's cool. The every other week schedule, man, makes it. Um, it's a long time to the top if you want to rock and roll. What are, what are some of the uh, what are some of the best interviews? As far as like, like story, like open your mind, like wow, kind of shocking, hmm. didn't know. What what are, what are the best stories you've uncovered? Obviously, every interview with Mike Swan, um, <laughs> every one of them is just like epiphanies. You know, it changes changes your whole outlook. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Um, Good stories. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, Carrie Ann, who manages yes. uh, Wasatch, mm -hmm. delightful interview. Like, it was like not a not a single minute that wasn't being filled up with stories. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and and now of course now I feel like I'm gonna need to think of something nice to say oh, about every no, one no, of the fifty don't. or so people I've interviewed. <laughs> don't. But, don't but uh, that that definitely was a delight because like it definitely I got the sense that like. 
Carrie Anne was very easy going about it and but just like story after story there was no I didn't have to like fish for anything be like now wait but wait back up tell me more about that or anything like that she was like she she knew what the assignment was she 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 brought out some great stories yeah so um, where where are you at in your your piping currently um at present I do a lot of I'm doing a lot of solo gigs just just trying to make a little money on the side hopefully to cover the expensive habit uh, of bagpiping and uh, make a little bit more than that. What are the solo mostly, gigs you're doing? Of course, mostly funerals. So many funerals. So Great Highland stuff. Yeah, a lot of Great Highland stuff. I mean, like, I try to persuade people to hire me to play small pipes. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants it. Like, I, I, um, there's a travel magazine that last year I went and I, they just needed some... <laughs> this sound, now it sounds like a, uh, like a humble brag because um, it sounds like it's modeling. It wasn't modeling. They just needed a picture of a bagpiper during covid and they because they couldn't travel to scotland and yeah. so i went in my uniform and let him take some pictures you know i was like playing pipes and stuff but the lady taking the photos runs like a an art gallery in provo and i and i told her i was like listen you know i know it's kind of a weird thing but like if you ever want smaller quieter bagpipes like in the corner during like a gala you know let me know and she's like yeah maybe if we do like a showing of landscapes or barns or something <laughs> you know and like there in, in fact there's also a guy i forget his name now he just made a film um his name is Greenflake, i think was the name of the film and anyway i reached out to him they were gonna they, they were setting up a statue in salt lake to commemorate the enslaved people who came in with the pioneers when they came to utah mm -hmm. um rather than only having statues to you know brigham young and, and other and other uh white leaders right just to acknowledge that there are some people that weren't like that that came into the valley at the time and and i messaged him too i was like look i know this is weird but like if you ever want bagpipes for like that event or something like let me know i've got these smaller bagpipes i've, I've like reached out to choirs and stuff yeah Nobody wants small Nothing. pipes. That's funny because I was on a photo shoot yesterday. Ooh. And it was for... Were you in front of the camera or behind it? No, I was behind <laughs> it. And I was, um, I was just taking pictures of a bunch of like CEOs and CFOs. Oh, and sure. A bunch of business nominees. For, they were all getting some awards. Mm. But it was all ritzy and black tie. And it was at the... Um, I guess it wasn't black tie. It was just business professional. business. Some profession. of the ties were probably black. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, but I mean, so much so that so they held it at uh, the Grand America, mm. and they hired a harpist. Oh, fancy! So while everyone's sipping diet coke and and cocktails, and the harpist is playing, and she starts playing "Stairway to Heaven." Oh yeah, and like so that you know, mm -hmm. oh, it just made me think when you were talking about how like you know, let's get small pipes in here, and they're like, well, maybe if we use landscape stuff, it's like here we are at this business professional setting with a harpist nonetheless, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like she goes into "Stairway to Heaven." Yeah. No, it's just like that's. I don't know how many people cool, caught man. it, but it was it was great. And yeah. the first part works. The first part is just sure. I'd imagine so. like <laughs> maybe maybe you lose it a little bit as it as it winds up there toward the end. Huh? So most of your solo <laughs> gigs are great Highland stuff, but you you're like the one guy I go to when it comes to small pipe stuff. And many of mm. your interviews have been with small pipers as well. Yeah, maybe I'm skewing a little bit myopic. Like, but what, why am I doing this if not to do whatever I want, right? And yeah. so like, it has been, on the one hand, I really like doing this podcast because I've got to know a lot of my local friends better, you know, um, my local piping and drumming friends. But on the other hand, it gives me an excuse to reach out to these these heroes right of mine and be like oh well would you talk to me <laughs> you know yeah. and that that is a lot of fun um for me at least hope uh, hopefully it's fun for listenership as well but uh it, it, it might be i have wondered before if it's like too much like if i'm gonna do a niche thing bagpipes is niche already but within that niche then we've got the competitive piping niche and we've got the small piping 
niche that includes, you know, illum pipes, border pipes, everything else, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got bag rock as well, you know? Like, there are all these niches within that niche, and it's like, oh, well, shoot, if, am I, am I trying to target two or three of these? And so a listener who will enjoy episode 27, by the time they get to episode 32, they're like, there's nothing here for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I do like small pipes. That's true. I get excited about small pipes. Yeah. As I can see, you've got your 3D printer printing off. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Trying to print some small pipes right now. Many pieces of Can of never small get pipes. enough small pipes. <laughs> okay, well, um, I want to jump straight into this juicy fat story. Oh, Tony? Yes. <laughs> okay. But I would like you to uh, keep the reveal to the very end. Okay. Now... Mm. Let me set this up. Which reveal? The sad reveal? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> there's some reveals. The reveal of who Tony is. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Right? Yeah. So, um, I remember, like, immediately after I got off the phone with you, it was like, all right, let me set the stage here. I get this phone call. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm driving. I'm in a work truck. And... Uh, Wait, now, and when even... This was, like, in the pandemic. It was, like... Was this, like mid-summer 2019 or something like that i don't remember the year it was definitely summer yeah because i remember being in this stupid hot sweaty but it could have been 1920 or 20 i think it was 20 okay. if i had to take a stab i don't know it's i mean we could look i don't remember we're getting so old. it doesn't getting matter and it, doesn't the pandemic. Matter. it all makes it, it doesn't makes matter it hard. i get this phone call and you're like bro let me set the stage for you <laughs> let me tell you and i'm gonna have james go through all this um I have, and I, I feel like I remember you saying like like don't don't tell anyone. I don't. Was there ever a non-disclosure or anything like that? They said they were going to have me sign one okay. several times, but I never did. Okay. So really, I could do what I want with so, this information. So with, that, <laughs> so with that said, I think I was hesitant to like tell people, but yeah. I remember telling people like at Wasatch. Yeah. I'm like, you know James, like Tyler specifically, Tyler, right? Yeah. I'm like Tyler, you know James. I'm like you need. You need to ask him about this guy. Yeah. Ask him about his private gig. Ask him about Tony. Ask him about like, and yeah. he's like, what? So I just checked in the other day and I was like, did you ever talk to James about this Tony? And he's like, oh no, you told me I was supposed to talk. I'm yeah. like, dude. So I gave him like the quick version and I realized I forgot so many details, but I, this, you've got to leave this in and you've, and we've got to let Tyler know because yeah. Okay. This is going to blow the minds of all those that listen. <laughs> if nothing else, we'll get the story down for Tyler's sake, if nothing else. right? That's what I'm getting at. My good buddy, did you know um, Logan Manning? Yes. So his little brother, Evan, has been one of my best friends since, uh, I think, literally kindergarten. And and I told him this story as well. And he's been asking me since then to like write it down or something. Yeah. And I haven't got around to doing so. So it's good. This is good. I've, I've been thinking to myself, I should like prepare notes and like try to remember mm -hmm. all the details. But the truth is, there, it was it's too insane. And there were too many details to really have any hope of remembering all of them. So I'll just barf this out so however it comes. So let me, uh, <clears throat> let me formally ask, James, what's the story with mm. Tony? Okay, so here's the story with Tony. All right. Let me, let me, let me. Let me let me go back in my own mind and and carry you with me. Um, one evening, so so I have a website, right, to catch gigs, right. Yes. Um, I think I've done a decent job with SEO, you know. So I, I pick up and it's it's geographically specific. So anybody looking for like Utah bagpipes, that kind of thing is gonna probably gonna find me. So I get a lot of messages, um, a lot, yeah, a lot, right? Uh, air quotes. They come in. They come in. So I get a message that doesn't sound that different from most um, one evening. It says something like, 
hey, um, we want bagpipes uh, tomorrow morning in um, in uh, 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 Park City, Park City area, right? Park City, Utah is somewhere that even people outside Utah might know about a little bit, kind of, no. I was going to say Sundance, it's, but it's not exactly, it's like It's where further up probably like 95% of the Sundance films are shown. Yeah. Is Park City. Yeah. As well as the Lo- ski resorts. Of right, ski resorts and stuff like Deer that. Deer Valley, yeah. a lot of celebrities ski at Deer Valley. Everybody mm-hmm. knows Park City. Kind of kind of a bougie area as far as like mm-hmm. the homes and the businesses go, but also very much like preserving the natural beauty of the area as well. Yeah. It's a very pretty place. It's like the Aspen, Colorado. <clears throat> yeah, totally, totally. Like yep, it's, it's our Aspen, yeah. And so, and so they say, you know, I want bagpipes in the morning um, in Park City. So immediately I'm thinking to myself like, oh, it's going to be like some, some fancy get together. You know, something like that. Um, and they say, we want, we just kind of want to have like bagpipes at the side of the lake while we're eating breakfast. And I was like, okay, so some well-to-do person, you know, maybe it's like a memorial service or something. Like it's clearly not a funeral, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like a crazy party. It's like some sort of calmish kind of thing. Speaking of small pipes, I was, I was like, no, oh, maybe I'll take my small pipes, you know, who knows what'll be best. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think then what, what were, anyway, so they sent me that message. I was like, yeah, I can do that. You bet. <clears throat> And I'll, and I'll tell you some money stuff, too, just because uh, it becomes funny later, right? So, like, usually at the time, I was charging, like, and I've taken my rates up a little bit, like I think most people have uh, more recently, but usually I was charging, like, 150 was my base rate for a, for a funeral, and then usually for a wedding, I would start at, like, 350, 300, 350, something like that, and kind of add on to that if I had to travel and stuff like that. So, so this, I was like, it might not take that long to do the gig. It's going to be a pretty easy gig, but it's kind of a drive. So I was like, look, I, uh, 250 bucks. You and know. do you know what time it's happening at yet? No, they just okay. said in the morning, you know. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can come out there in the morning, no big deal. Um, like, I had some work stuff, but I, I, at the time, was doing a job where I pretty much did my own schedule. So I was like, yeah, I can make room for this in the morning and, and then go do what I have to get done. So like, yeah, 250 bucks, uh, I'll come up there and play for you. And they're like, okay, great. Then they messaged me back, and they're like, um, so uh, we also want some bagpipes. And I was like, yeah, I'll bring them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some bagpipes. And, and the guy's like, no, look, um, we want bagpipes. Like, um the guy who's hiring you, Tony, he wants some bagpipes. And I was like, oh, like he wants to buy some bagpipes. He's like, yes. And you're like, you're not the guy hiring me? Yeah. I was like, oh, so you're not. Okay. And 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 I can't remember, at some point I find out like this guy who's messaging me, his name is Don, right? And and, okay. and I think, I, I'd like to think it's probably safe enough to use his actual name because that plays into what is maybe a stereotypical thought that I had, that, but it, it feeds the joke here a little bit. So like I got this guy, Donnie, who's messaging me, right? Telling me that Tony wants bagpipes right and so like the image in my mind is shifting a little bit from what i thought this gig was going to be like just a little bit right and i'm like oh well i'm not like a bagpipe supplier You're thinking like new york mafia that's what i start thinking yeah. yeah yeah not not like i'm in danger or anything but like that's you know the classic image starts coming into my mind of like oh these guys are gonna be wearing three-piece suits and fedoras you know and like <laughs> maybe they want me to play while they while they say goodbye Funeral to a comrade service. wearing like cement shoes or something you know like why are we buying a body of water and so 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 I, he's like you know we want and i do get messages pretty often from people looking to buy bagpipe supplies because of the decent yeah. job i've done getting the website out there right now i have to tell them like, oh you know i can recommend some people you know but i just this is a gigging site you know so i tell him that i'm like you know i'm not a bagpipe supplier you know but i can recommend some some buyers for you and stuff like that and the message that comes back is just tony doesn't like to wait how much for bagpipes tomorrow <laughs> i'm like oh well <laughs> so i tell him i'm like i and at that point i turn to my wife i'm like i don't know what to do about this you know like i've got my highland bagpipes right they're booths they're decent i mean if i was going to sell them i might 
put them up for a thousand bucks, you know, somewhere between eight fifty and twelve hundred, you know. Yeah. But I'm like, they got sentimental value too, and I don't want to be like without my bagpipes, you know. And then, yeah. And then I, I also at the time I had like some twist trap pipes, and I had a, uh, a set of uh, a set of um, uh, 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 oh the Canadian guy who does small pipes. All of a sudden, I've Walsh, some Matt, uh, some Matt oh, Walsh? Yeah, yeah. Walsh, no John Walsh, John Walsh, yeah Matt Walsh, America's Most Wanted, was that Matt Walsh? No. <laughs> John Walsh. Um, so I had some small pipes and stuff. So I was like, or, well, is I'll... John... <laughs> or is John Walsh? I don't even know. I can't even know. I, yeah, I can't even oh, remember. Oh no, now. we're such um, fools. Nobody. <laughs> it's Walsh for sure. Um, the guy who makes Walsh shuttle pipes, right? Yep, that's the guy. Yeah, that's okay. the one. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> so anyway, um, I uh, so I told my wife, I'm like, I guess I'll just take all my bagpipes and like see what happens. Right, so I text back. I was like, "Look," um, and it's like the same as when I told him I'd do it for two hundred fifty bucks. It's like I wish I could know, right? Because like I've done weddings mm-hmm. in Park City before, where like I charge like five hundred bucks, and thinking that, like I'm kind of cringing when I send him that price. You know, I send him the the invoice. And I'm like, are they gonna pay it? Are they gonna fight, push back on me or something? And like they pay it that instant, you know? Yeah. And don't ask me any questions. I'm like, dag nabbit. You know, I should have charged more, right? And I get up there and like, it's like they're paying the DJ like six figures, you know, like to, to, to be there, right? I'm like, I should have charged more, you know? So, so I, same thing when I told him like the 250 bucks, you know, now I'm starting to think like I probably should have charged more for this gig. Um, so I, so I messaged him back though. And I'm like, I've got my own bagpipes. And I guess if Tony wants to buy those from me, I'll sell him my Highland bagpipes for $5,000. Thinking to myself, I don't want to give these up anyway, so I'll price him out no. of it. And if he says yes... Oh, fine, I'll buy some Atherton's, you know, like whatever. You seriously said five grand? Yeah, I said five grand. And he was yeah, like... And your pipes are not like silver and they're not engraved. No, no. They're just imitation. Very, yeah, yeah. Plain vanilla, you know, cracked 2001. Mounts. Yeah, yeah. Just very basic. Bro, that was bold. Yeah, yeah well, I you know, I, I was like, you know, he, he pays it and I get a bunch of money or he says no and I keep my bagpipes, you oh, know, bro, whatever. I love it. Um, and he's just like, okay, great. See you tomorrow. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe I should ask for more for my bagpipes, you know? So, uh, so I go to, I go to bed. So I did have to get up. I had to get up at like 4am because then I was like, well, what time do you want me there? And is it a surprise? Right. This happens to any gigging piper, right? Mm-hmm. Like if this is a surprise then I'm going to need to like warm up somewhere else and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be a surprise for some people, but not for everybody. Um, can you be there by sunrise? Doesn't give me a time. You know, I was like, yeah. Yeah, but like what time? He's like, sunrise. We want you ready to go at sunrise. So I look up what time sunrise is at that time of the year. Um, and, you know, the mountains up there make it so it kind of delays a little bit. I, I yeah, don't know. It, it like gets, six it gets light, but the sun doesn't <clears throat> yeah, exactly. crest because of the mountains. So I was like, yeah, it looks like sunrise is going to be, I can't remember, like 6, 10 a.m. or something like that. He's like, yeah, that would be great. So I had to get up at like 4 a.m. to get ready, drive up there and everything. He gives me an address. So I get up there, and it's kind of like... It's up in the mountains. It's like you go up a canyon from from Orem, where I live, right? You go up a canyon into the next valley over, and then you go up some mountains. And then there's like, at one point, I had to turn off of the road as it's still going on an incline. So I'm not quite yet over into the next valley. And I'm going up kind of into increasingly private areas, right? I'm increasingly deep into the forest, nearly on top of a mountain, right? And it's not like the middle of nowhere. It's paved. There are streetlights, stuff like that. But like definitely, there's a lot it's of room between downtown. the houses. It's no, not downtown. No, not downtown. It's not where the yeah. resorts are. It's... Right. Yeah. Yep. And and like the houses are nice, and they're also you know very far separated from each other. Like these are houses on large pieces of land, um, you know, multi-million dollar houses for sure. So nice area, so but also kind of like. Just kidding. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> I said so a yeah. condo. Yeah. At this point, right? Yeah. yeah. This was a few years ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Uh, 
so I'm out there in the middle of nowhere. So by the time I get to where this house is, there, there are no street lights is what I'm getting at, right? These houses are really far apart and they're woods and everything, right? So it's, it's super dark. And so I get to what my phone says is the address, but I can't see a house, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, as I keep kind of like driving along slowly along the tree line, a gate emerges, right? And I'm like, oh, the house must be like further down in the property. So there's this just gate in the middle of the trees. So I stop there and I turn the car off and I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, uh, so I guess, I, I guess I'll text Donnie, right? And see like, am I at the right place? Where should I go from here, you know? So as I'm getting my phone out to text him, suddenly there's a knock on the door. It freaks me out because it's yeah. totally, like I turned the car off, right? It's like totally, totally dark. Freaks me out. So knock on the door and immediately a flashlight comes on, just shining right at me, right? And mm -hmm. so <laughs> I, it, it made me jump and I was kind of shaking a little bit. Like I didn't think I was going to die or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, though I did, I did ask my wife, I was like, before I left, I've got a very, very small handgun that would fit into my spore. And I was like, uh, should I? She's like, no, <laughs> don't, you can't, you know, You're don't, not gonna win don't invite Brian. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, I rolled the window down. It's a security guard. He's like, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, okay, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> I, and I realized at that point, like, I didn't get any last names, you know? <laughs> I'm like, well, a guy named Donnie <laughs> texted me and said that a guy named Tony wanted bagpipes at sunrise. And the guy's like, just a sec. And he walks away from the car and he, like, gets on a radio, you know? He's like, got this guy here, you know, he's playing bagpipes, you know, talking to his radio. He comes back, he's like, okay, we're expecting you. Stay here for a minute. We're expecting <laughs> I wasn't, but they are. <laughs> right, right. And so, so I sit there for a minute. Um, and eventually they come and get me and they take me over to the gate and there are a few more security guards there and they have me do like, uh, like this, like sign in thing. Yeah. Like empty your spore. Yeah. They, they, sure they, they no didn't want to see. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't like, like pat search me or anything like that, but they did have like, they got out a tablet and had me like put in a kind of a lot of personal information, you know, like nothing they could hunt me down with, but plenty to be able to find me if they needed to mm -hmm. and took photos of me as well. Um, and, and then said, okay, now stand over here for a bit, you know, as that's like being processed. Um, and then they kind of get like this green light, I guess, from somebody inside and like, okay, you can go in now. Um, Donnie's going to meet you around back. So then I'm, I get led down this really long driveway and I'm a little bit worried that like, as I tell this story, I will miss details and then remember them and try to go back. So I'll try, I'll try to do this as chronologically as I can. And you feel free to jump in with questions if anything seems unclear. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so they, are they walking you down or you get to drive your car? No, okay. uh, I had to leave the car there. No, actually, no, I'm wrong. They did, they did, they said you can drive your car down on this little side path to what used to be like a horse, it looked like it was like a horse corral of some kind of like sandy on the mm -hmm. inside and had like a horse fence around it. Like you can park in there and then you can, and then there's a security guard is walking along my car as I drove down there. When I park and get out, he's like, come with me this way. And they take me around back of the house. And I did notice that as I was going down, like there is a black SUV like set up as if it were ready to go. And later I find out that's exactly what it is, right? It's like just always ready to go, always with a man inside. It's like bulletproof windows, wow, stuff like that. Like that's cool. Just like, just like a, a what would you call it? Like a, like a, um, a bug out vehicle. A bug out vehicle, yeah. Um, so anyway, I go to the back of the house, and the house is set up. I think bug stands for backup gun, honestly. Really, backup gun. I think. Well, because I'm thinking like, because uh, I do um, some shooting competitions, and they have like a bug out. Right, yeah. Competition, and yeah. it's supposed to be like your your concealed, like your backup. Oh, yeah. Gun, right? Huh. Like, so now that I say... I hear that phrase, uh, bug out, and I just think, like, grab your water and run. You yeah, know? so maybe... I, I'm just wondering if that was the improper use of bug out vehicle. Uh, it, backup it, gun out it, vehicle. It, 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 I don't know. It could be, but I definitely have heard people refer to, like... Like, I've got some first aid kit yeah. backpacks. You know, they have, like, food and small yeah. blankets and stuff, and those are, like, referred to as a bug out kit. All right, so, so maybe... I think I think you're probably right. Sure. Whatever. Um. 
So I go to this house. It's it's a nice, nice house. I haven't gotten inside yet, right? And it's, everything's still dark, right? So I'm getting the impression, though, of a large house in the middle of the woods. We'll kind of go down this little hill, go around behind it, and it's sitting on a lake. And the stars are still out. Like, and it's a beautiful scene. Like, the lake is reflecting the stars. And, like, on the other side of the lake, there's another house. You know, it's like, that's how close the neighbors are. Like, they're sharing a lake. Yeah. You know? Um, I've got in my mind, like, this vision of, like, Great Gatsby, like, with the green That's exactly... Now, that, that's exactly... Um, so I haven't seen the more recent film, the Great, Ga- great mm-hmm. Gatsby film. I did, but I did with read Leonardo. the book. Uh-huh. In, in, right, with Leonardo. But I've seen some clips, right? And that is exactly the image that came into my mind. As I, as I walked around, not Gatsby's party... But the Gatsby's party happened last night, and the maids haven't been in to clean up yet. That's mm, what okay. the back area looks like, yeah. right? Um, so, like, not only is there a lake, but there's, like, a like a fake sandy beach has been put in, you know? And on the next to the sandy beach, there's, like, uh, like, a, like, a stone food service thing. So it's, like, made to look beautiful, but you can imagine a whole line of chefs lined up there, you know, cooking food and serving yeah. it and stuff like that. And in the middle of it, there's this gas-fired gas um, uh, uh, fireplace could be used for cooking could be used for just keeping warm anything right but uh, it was broken and so there's just flames shooting out the side of it rocketing into the sky just like just like this this gas torch that i guess had been burning all night you know just like just burning off the side of this lake and so by the eerie flickering light of this crazy fireplace thing right I'm seeing, you know, like my, my eyes are adjusting mm-hmm, as it yeah. were as I come around the corner of the house and I look over the house itself and I can see like, oh yeah, it's like three, four stories up, up high because we're on the back of this this uh, mm-hmm. this hill now, right? So this, this huge house, I can I can see by some dim lights inside, like there's definitely an indoor pool on the lower level and it's like a very nice house. And there's just like wine bottles and like, um, uh, 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 what do you call these? Napkins, Napkins. <laughs> right? Serviettes, <laughs> just like... Just detritus all over the lawn, just all over the place. And mostly a lot of bottles, but a lot of other stuff too. And also candles, just like so many candles, hundreds, maybe even thousands of candles, you know, not burning anymore, right? Just like melted down, just like piles of wax, you know? Um, If one jettison flame from a broken fire pit isn't enough. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly, yeah, yep, 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 (laughs) that's right. Um, So this, this crazy like aftermath of what looks like must have been a really good time. Right, and then I noticed there's a dude <laughs> asleep. I hope <laughs> on the um, on the dock that goes out into the lake. He had a sleeping bag, so it's yeah. probably on purpose. There I don't you know. <laughs> you know, um, it's like oh, okay. You know, like this is where I am. Like this is not a normal gig, right? And at that point, the security guard turns around and goes back to his post. So I'm standing there by myself, just like looking around, taking this all in. You know, and like thinking six like, in the morning, five thirty uh, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it's it's still dark. You know, like maybe the rosy fingers of dawn are just beginning to climb over the the edges of the hills, right? But it's still it's still uh, pretty dark. Um, and so I'm just standing there for a minute, taking it all in, being like, this is this is surreal. You know, anything that early in the morning is surreal, isn't it? You know, you yeah. ever get up like really early to fish or something? You're like, oh, is yeah. this real life like what's going on here you know i remember coming side tangent dude i remember coming home in high school at like two in the morning like on a friday night or something but it was a full moon mm. and i could see outside as bright oh, yeah, as like yeah. as bright as like nine o'clock mm. in the evening mm-hmm. like where the sun had just gone down in the summer it was yeah. so bright it was so cool mm. but yeah i know exactly what you mean on like that ethereal type yeah it was so you can imagine this experience like adding on to that right just being oh, like yeah. i i did i die you know like <laughs> what is what is this maybe i'm still dreaming 
So then this guy, Donnie, comes out. Really cool guy. Very, very friendly and really nice. He's like, hey, great. Thanks for coming. So glad you came. Man, Tony and I, last night, we, we saw your listing and we tried calling you first. I didn't realize he tried calling me. I was like, if this guy answers, he's our guy. And I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't answer your call. He's like, that's all right. You got back to me with the text. Everything's fine. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want you to, so, so Tony doesn't like alarm clocks, right? So you're going to be his alarm clock. <laughs> and like, all right. And like, like, you know, <laughs> judge me justifiably for the, the like stereotypes that are in my head. Right. But I'm all along since, since, <laughs> since the Tony doesn't like to wait how much for bagpipes from that point, Tony in my mind is fat Tony from the Simpsons. Okay. That's, that's the picture that I have in my mind. And Donnie is like, he doesn't look like one of fat Tony's cronies. So like that's changed a little bit for me. You know, he's like, he's more like just like a really nice bro, you know? But still, it's Fat Tony asleep somewhere in the house who doesn't like alarm clocks, so I'm going to be his alarm clock, right? <laughs> so so I, tell, I, tell, I tell Donnie, so I says, to, <laughs> I says to Donnie, I'm like, all right, well, listen, I got to, like, get these ready. Like, do you want them to sound good when I play them, you know? Because I'm thinking, like, oh, to wake him up, I could just make noise, you know? So I don't have, like, tune them necessarily. He's like, be no. like the, Be like the droning on podcast intro. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that'll wake him up. <laughs> so, so, so I tell him, I'm like, you know, you, if you want to sound pretty, I got to kind of get them ready, you know? So do you want me to, like, go away from the house to get them ready? Or should I just, like, go right into it? He's like, no, just go right into it. It'll be fine. I was like, okay. So I get up my pipes and he's like, all right, come around this way. Tony's bedroom is over here. So he takes me around oh, like. Do we. Do we... <laughs> take your time. Take your time. <laughs> I'm never going to make it through this. <laughs> you want to. You need another wing? You want to take a, have another wing real no. quick to calm your nerves? At what point do you wake up the guy on the dock? Have we passed that part yet? Oh no, yeah, he hasn't woken up yet. Okay. The guy on the dock is still just still out cold. For all I know, dead. But yeah, oh. definitely we find out later he's alive. So okay, okay, keep going. He's okay. Um, so so Donnie leads me around the house to like this like lower room that's like down on the ground level, underneath like this. Uh, I want to say the word gondola, but that's not right because that's like a boat, like, like pergola. A yeah, yeah, like a gazebo, but it's like sticking out from the house. So it's like it's like an outdoor area that's yeah. kind of indoor. And so you go into that like an and then, yeah, it's like an awning sticking out from the house. And inside of that, there are some windows from rooms of the house facing, you know, toward the, that awning area. One of them opens into the indoor pool. One of them opens into this bedroom. It's dark in there. I didn't know it was a bedroom, but he tells me that's Tony's room right there. He's like whispering to me now, right? There's like a, um, like a ramp, like a, like a skating ramp, like a, like something you see at a skate park that leads up to the window. So like people could go okay. in and out of it easily. Look, I'm not making this up. There is a there's a kayak laying face down on off to one side of the window, which isn't that crazy because um, there's, there's a, a there's a lake right there, but it's like the way that it's laying there looks like someone like rowed up to the window, you know, like as in row row like yeah yeah, yeah. paddled anyway, their way up to the yeah window. like they paddled their way up to the window. So it's like this. So it's what is the juxtaposition of things, right? I've got the skateboard ramp that, that goes up to the window. I've got the the um, the kayak, or maybe it was a paddleboard actually, one or the other, sitting there off to the side. Again, you know, some wine bottles here and there, stuff like that. Plenty of burnt out candles, and then a cauldron, like a witch's cauldron, like a big black cauldron. On like, is there anything in this? A bunch of old melted candles is all. Yeah, just like a bunch a of old cauldron, wax in the okay. cauldron. 
And so this is the scene that I'm standing in, right? And he's like, okay, go for it. And I was like, just just play? Do you care what I play? He's like, no, just, just do your thing. Make some music. I was like, all right. Express yourself. <laughs> Express yourself, right? So I strike in. Cold, and honestly, it might be that my mind was on other things, but to my memory, my pipes came in singing. Just Sweet. like beautifully. Like strike in. And you know, like I usually break down my bass drone to put stuff mm -hmm. away, not my tenors. I must have put it back right in the right spot. The drones come right in. And this is like cold in the morning, different altitude and everything. You know, it's probably, I, I would guess that this place is probably, probably pushing, mm, probably pushing 6,000 feet above sea level there, you know. Oh, in Park City? I would, I would think, think at so. least, yeah. Well, and especially because this is above Park City, you know, it's up above, you know. Uh, so we're, anyway. I would think, I think the base, let me put it this way. I think, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to totally screw this up. <clears throat> I think the base of um, Sundance mm. um, is like ten five something. No way, really. I could be totally off. I could yeah. be totally I always, off. I always have a hard time with altitude. I know that here in Utah Valley, we're like somewhere around okay. 5,000 square feet. Or yeah, I must be 5,000 feet. Okay, so Park City is 6890. Oh, okay. So we, we, so we probably are over 7,000 feet up at this place because it is up higher yeah. than that anyway. Yeah, altitude throws me off as well. I have a hard time remembering what's where. Um, and and, anyway, it, it just it's it's remarkable that the pipes sounded good at all. Is all I'm trying to say. You know, temperature, everything was off, right? Okay. And but they came in great. Yeah, the base the base of Sundance is sixty one. Okay. Oh, it's totally off. Okay. Oh well. Yeah, um, that makes sense because Timpanogos is only like just under twelve. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was I was kind of weirded out. I don't remember exactly what I played, though I'm pretty sure I tried my hand at um, the Kansas City Hornpipe by Fred Morrison, because I'd been learning that tune at the time. Um, uh, his Highland Pipe version. On it, on the mm -hmm. Outlands album, he plays it on Illum Pipes, but in his book, he has like a Highland Pipe version of it. So I'm pretty sure that's what I struck into. Um, played that for a minute, and, and then, as I've been playing for a few minutes, a face comes to the window, and this is Tony. Doesn't look doesn't look a thing like fat Tony from The Simpsons. Describe Tony. Tony is like uh, slim, pretty muscly, you know, like pretty fit, you know, nothing like fat Tony. Pretty fit, um, definitely of of uh, uh, some like to to my eyes, you know, definitely not an Italian guy, you know. Pro probably I I would have thought like no, oh, this guy's probably from he's probably from some sort of like Asian descent, um, possibly uh, some. Pacific Islands, possibly right. something like that, right? But definitely not an Italian guy, right? Shaved head, wearing nothing but like uh, briefs, just 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 in his briefs. Shaved like briefs. so far from Fat Tony from The Simpsons, you know. Um, that's what I get for uh, stereotyping based off of the name Tony and <clears throat> right. and expectations. <laughs> but uh, so that's Tony. He stands there for a few minutes and just like just kind of glares at me, doesn't react through at the all. window from his bedroom. Oh, the window's wide open. There's no glass between us. Okay. He's just standing in the window frame looking at me, you know? And then he turns and disappears into the darkness. And I kind of like, as I'm playing, I turn to Donnie. I'm like, should I, should I keep playing? You know, he's like, yeah, keep playing for a minute. So I keep playing for a minute. I think somebody else woke up inside and like I start seeing a few lights go on and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So then I stop. I'm trying to remember exactly how this happens. And um, I think Donnie took me around to the front of the house. And we go in the front of the house, and as we're coming in, Tony comes up from downstairs, comes up the stairs. And at that point, he's, like, laughing and smiling. He's like, that was great, man. That was really cool. I love waking up like that. That was a lot of fun. You do Good job. And then he's like, okay, now here's what we're going to do. And he, he says something to Donnie that I couldn't hear exactly. He's like, okay, she's in here. So I don't know who he's talking about, but he's like, she's in this room right here, right? Yeah. He's pointing at a door, like a bedroom door. He's like, she's in there. Here's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to go in there first. You start playing, and we're going to do a parade around her bed over and over again, okay? Are you ready? You ready? You've got a song ready? Here we go. And so I strike in, and he tries to open the door, but it's locked. And he's like, it's locked. And Donnie's like, it was probably smart of her to lock it. And, Donnie, <laughs> and so I'm just still standing She knows there your personality too <laughs> right? well. So I'm still playing, and Tony just starts banging on the door like crazy to wake this person up. And this nice lady comes out, and she's like, you know, understandably confused yeah <laughs> right i'm but, confused just you know then, then kind of like laughing and smiling and stuff and so i play a little bit and then i stop and she laughs and it's like that was great that was awesome and, and it's, then i was like all right well anything else you guys want and tony's like yeah just go down by the lake and play wake the whole house up and so i just go down by the lake and i stood there and played for a really long time honestly like and it was kind of it was really lovely in a lot of ways mm-hmm. still kind of surreal but like it's still pretty dark at that point like starting to get light and i just go out there and i post up and i start playing and i just played as the sun came up and, like, as the shafts of sunlight are hitting the water, um, I see, like, they're, like, some newts swimming around in the water and stuff. It's just kind of ser- 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 serene. Just kind of mm-hmm. enjoyed myself at that point. Um, and, yeah, that was at some point between me playing down by the lake and the sun coming up, the guy who was asleep on the dock woke up and, <laughs> he like, suddenly sits bolt upright, you know, <laughs> like, hair crazy and everything, like, looked very confused, you know, kind of wild, one eye bigger than the other and stuff, you know, like, what's going on? And, and But he came and talked to me afterward. He's like, look, He's like, that was the most beautiful experience I've ever had in my life, which I wouldn't have thought based on the way that he sat yeah. up. But he said, the thing is, he said, I woke up before I sat up. When I sat up, that's when I realized I was alive. He said, <laughs> I thought that I had died. <laughs> because Your he, spirit piped to heaven. Right, exactly. He's like, is this it? Is this it? Oh, like, what happened? Because like, as the, you can imagine him laying there like, the sounds of nature, then bagpipes, and like if if you're like coming out of sleep and like the sun's coming up, and you got like aspen trees above you and stuff like that. I can imagine thinking that. That you is know? the greatest comment. Oh yeah, you've yeah. ever received as a piper. It definitely so is. beautiful. Yeah. I thought I died. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I yeah. That, so that's that's what I did that morning. Is I, I just played for a really long time, and I did have an appointment later in the in the morning. I'd been there a lot longer than I thought I would be. It's like getting to be mid morning, and I'm still playing. So as I'm playing, a surprisingly large number of people. And, like, a really varied cast of people, too. It's, like, you got 20-somethings, and you got some people who could be in their 60s. And people who are clearly from all corners of the globe are coming out of this house, kind of in ones and twos throughout the morning as that sun's coming up. Eventually, Tony comes out, not wearing pants, still just in his briefs, right? But why not? It's his place. Do what he wants, right? And he starts building a bonfire. Never mind about the gas fire that's still... (laughs) Through all of this, still rocketing into the heavens, you know. <laughs> Never mind that torch, right? He starts building yeah. a bonfire on the beach. Um, and, you know, like, it's interesting that, like, there's clearly plenty of wealth here, but he's cooking his breakfast on the bonfire. Leftover potatoes from the night before or something like that, yeah. right? But it's getting pretty big, too. It's like a pretty darn big fire. And every once in a while he throws something on it that really makes it, like, flare up a lot. I don't know if it was... Um, we call that gas James. yeah my, yes, i don't know i don't know exactly right yeah. but like as he's doing that more people are coming out and it's it's just lovely and so like i'm on the opposite side of the lake from that from them kind of like playing to them across the lake and so as i'm playing i'll get texts from donnie every once in a while being like hey can you do some Beatles songs hey can you can you, you know like just like think you know how pipes like, work yeah, sure. yeah so like i'm just getting little requests and stuff like that here and i'm just playing throughout the morning and people are coming out and they're having breakfast and stuff like that so i i finally text donnie i'm like look man i gotta be done now i got i gotta I got a heart out, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, that's fine. Come over here and talk to Tony for a minute before you go. So I walk around the lake over to Tony and he, and, uh, and we're talking for a couple minutes. He's a really nice guy. He's just like, Hey, that was really cool, man. Um, and then like Donnie says, like, as we've been talking for a minute, like I told Donnie, I needed to go. And Donnie says to Tony, he's like, 
hey, he's got to go. You know, like he's got a hard out. He's got to go. He's like, he's got a hard, you know, like 1030 meeting or whatever time it was, right? And Tony looks at Tony, he's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I do. And I In my go. world, there's <laughs> no hard outs. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so then he turns to me and he's like, don't you have some bagpipes for me? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, here we go, you know? So I got out my small pipes and my twist trap pipes and my Highland pipes and I lay them all out on like this breakfast table that was mm-hmm. there. Like I cleared some of the stuff left over from the night before and I lay them all out. And he's like, I'm telling him the differences between them and stuff like that. And he's like, cool, cool. All right, cool. I want to try them out. So I set him up with my Highland pipes, like me with Tony, him still in his briefs on the edge of this lake with the with the flames the shooting out behind him. And I'm setting him up with my pipes, you know, like, which honestly, like, I've been playing for a couple hours at that point. Like, there's a lot of spit in my pipes and stuff like that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think it, I think my blowpipe maybe dribbled a little bit on his leg. You know, like, it's a... Mm, rather suddenly intimate scene you know <laughs> pipes are the most sanitary instruments out there oh for sure we all know yeah so he's like you know and he does the same thing everybody does when they when they're like trying pipes right he's like kind of contorting his body and squeezing them trying to get some sort of noise out of him. he's like that's cool man that's cool all right so how much for all of them and i was like ah you know i could get you better stuff you know he's like fine whatever sell me these and then sell me some more i want you to sell, i want you to post up here on my lawn i want you to teach people how to play bagpipes like whenever they want to come by i want you to teach them how to play bagpipes so get more you'll need more of these and i was like <laughs> oh, okay i don't know what this guy's plans are you know like okay sure so I, I did and again i told him i was like i remember what i said i said like 7800 or something for like all of the pipes yeah right and he's like sure cool and get me six more of these I don't know if he said five, six, seven. He said yeah. some number. Six more of these points at my Highland pipes. Multiples of pipes. And then he's like, get me another dozen of these points at the twist trap pipes and get me, I don't know, four or five of the others. I'm like, great. I'm this guy's bagpipe dealer now, you know? <laughs> like, you bet. I was like, can I take these ones home with me tonight so I can like take care of them and stuff? He's like, sure, take them home tonight or leave them here. You'll be back. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I own you. <laughs> that was, that's, yeah. No, that's totally, that was the feeling all along, right? Like, you're mine now right yeah which also is like do i like this maybe that's fine <laughs> you know <laughs> um i think that's i think that's pretty much i think that covers pretty much everything that happened that first morning so then i leave and like that's when like i called you and i was like dude yeah. i i gotta like debrief this was weird you know yes. like let me tell you all about this um and you well, don't know who tony is at this point i still don't know who tony is. i yeah. remember being on the phone with you and you're like i, I don't know like Tony and like not to sound. Like I still didn't have his last name. Maybe Asian descent. Like I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Money. Yep. Park He's got City. money. That's, that's all, all I know. I know. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. So I go back home and like of course I, I wasn't like give me my check before I leave or anything like that. I'm like yeah. these guys are good for the money. I'll just I'll just leave now. You know. Um, so I go back home and I'm I, I guess I don't remember exactly how but you know I guess Donnie probably reached out to me again like that evening or the next day or something. And this started a very regular thing. Like, I was going up there. I did, like, I think I only did, like, one more thing at sunrise because I think some of their neighbors might have complained. But I was going up there most evenings for, like, it seems like it was probably three months. Maybe it was two and a half, three, you know, so, so, somewhere in there, you know, like, between eight and 12 weeks, I was going up there most evenings for, like, four to six hours. And so, like, the first time I get up there, now it's light and I can see stuff better and everything, right? And, like, over time, I get to know the security staff. Yeah. And so then, like, I don't have to do as much of a check-in thing. And Friday is Caribbean lobster night. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That was one good night. Um, 
it's like yeah and maybe that's the thing to do now is like like just some of the highlights that stand out right it's like sometimes i would go up there and like well let me i know a little bit so let me pose some questions sure. <clears throat> you can fill in gaps where i missed up. yeah so tell me about this caribbean yeah so that, that was pretty funny so the there there's a full a full staff in the in the kitchen mm-hmm. at all times and like that's one of the nice things whenever i'm up there you know they're always like you want something and they don't mean like a granola bar you know like yeah like these are like serious chefs you know and there are several of them like waiting for something to do until the next meal time you know and so uh one of them uh, i don't know if he maybe maybe it was haitian i have a hard time with accents to know for sure is that a jamaican accent or a haitian right. accent or what right but um so he has a, a lovely accent sort of like what i think of as like a classic accent you know like um and he comes out to me and we had talked before um you know he'd made me some good food and stuff like that and we chatted a little bit he comes out i'm playing in the front yard because this was a deal tony was like i just want you to like play just like wander around play mm-hmm. for a bit wander around play for a bit whatever you know so i'm in the front yard just kind of like playing and in fact, I think when people would show up for dinner, a lot of times I'd go out to the gate and I would pipe them in just for fun. Like I was kind of looking for stuff to do, honestly, yeah. at some point. It's like, well, what do I do now? Drill so your I, competition stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> go through a lot of stuff, right? So so they're getting ready for dinner. So maybe I was out front for that. Anyway, he comes out front to me and he's like, hey, and I, I should not try to imitate the accent, but imagine this like, like Sebastian from The Little Mermaid, right? He comes out and he's like, hey, they're telling me in the kitchen that I'm killing these lobsters in the wrong way, that I'm killing them in an inhumane way. I'm not a cook. I don't know if that means he was boiling them or if he was he's like, stabbing them past you. <laughs> right. But he comes out, he's like, they're telling me that I'm doing this in an inhumane way. So will you come in here and play them Amazing Grace to send them off right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why not, you know? So, you know, you, you can imagine what kind of beautiful kitchen this, this huge mansion has. So I'm standing in this amazing kitchen with very busy chefs all around me, probably with official titles, you know, sous chef and head chef and all this mm. other stuff. Like, very busy getting dinner ready for a whole bunch of people. And they always overcooked for, you know, more people yeah. who are going to be there, right? Very busy. I'm in the corner of this fancy kitchen. I strike up my Highland Pipes and play Amazing Grace while the dude kills lobsters. And then it was so like, fantastic. and then it was like, thanks. And I just go back outside and play some more somewhere else. And they carry on with their business. And that, but the thing is that was at that point. Yeah. Like, I was normal. Yeah. Why not? Of course I did that. You know, like it, it, it's, it's hard. In fact, it's hard even now, like that first day, it's hard for me to like mentally recapture the, the craziness of it, you mm-hmm. know? Cause like at some point, like one, one day I got there and there were statues of dinosaurs like really impressive statues of dinosaurs in the back, like raptors, I think. Okay. And just showed up. They were just there. I didn't know how they got there. Right. And this was after, like, there's an artist. I could look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. In fact, there's an artist um, who I think is a Nevada local who had done a bunch of these like really cool uh, statues where he would like make, it's like a flower. One of them was a flower. One of them was like a rattlesnake. One of them was an octopus. The octopus was really cool. They're really big. And he does like like kind of a mosaic tiling on the outside of them. So it's like plaster. Then he covers them with the coloring of the statue is done with like this mosaic tiling. Really cool statues. I show up one day and those statues are there. They're like on the lawn. And like the, the, the octopus one, I mean like, I don't know, just gauging from memory, like the center, like the head of the octopus yeah. was taller than me. You know, it's probably like eight or 10 feet tall. And like the tentacles reach out, you know, the span from the end of one to the other is probably 20, 25 feet. He's like massive. Wow art installations Large are just showing up gnomes. from one day to the next like suddenly there's all this stuff you know and so yeah like at one point there were these raptors in the backyard and they had like corn cobs in their mouths and i look around and there's like a pile of watermelons 
you know, and I'm not very good at gauging, like, like counting jelly beans in a jar, you know, or yeah. anything like that. But again, the pile was big, you know, it's probably like figure a pyramidish pile of watermelons, probably like 12, 15 feet wide. It's just stacked high of watermelons. Oh, yeah. I was like, what's going on here? And when I go inside eventually, cause I'm, you know, piping my yeah, way yeah. around, there's like a whole farmer's market inside. And one of the, one of the security guys who, who at this point I'm friends with, right. is like, oh yeah, Tony wanted like some fresh produce. So he called like the farmer's market. And they brought like three trucks of produce. And it's just like boxes of just like peaches and potatoes and stuff Jeez. just lined up all around the living room and the kitchen and everything and all down in the backyard. And he's like, dude, earlier they were, they, they had like a trebuchet or a, or a catapult or something. They were shooting watermelons into the lake, right? <laughs> like that night when I left, as I was leaving, I was like, Donnie, can I take some watermelons? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, like, <laughs> I leave with like my arms full of watermelons. I love watermelon. You know, I was really excited about that. One night, um, these lizard handlers show up. Uh, to install some iguanas. Like, Tony just wanted some iguanas in the entryway, right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, that kind of thing is happening all the time, right? At one point, the head of security walks past me, and he's, like, muttering to himself. So I don't know exactly what he was saying, but something about an alligator in the lake. You know, these kinds of requests are, like, this is, like, this is constant, you know? Like, and so, like, recapturing just what was weird and how weird was it does get a little bit funny at this point, you know? Cause don't, like, don't reveal Tony, but at what point did you figure out who Tony was? Um, hmm. day one, day two, a weekend. Let's see. No, it had been, I'd been up there a few times before I figured it out, but I definitely knew who he was before. Like I stopped going up there. Yeah, that's fine. Tell yeah. me, tell me when you got the sticky note and that whole Oh business. yeah. The sticky note thing. Like, like any rich person has a right to be eccentric, right? Yeah. Tony was definitely Alligators that in, in space, man. Yeah. yeah. So like he didn't like like eight and a half by 11 papers, right? He didn't like electronic communication. He doesn't he like alarm clocks. Doesn't like alarm clocks, right? A lot, a lot of preferences here, but so, so everything the system was sticky notes. So like windows, walls would be just covered in sticky notes. And I think that there was like a method to this madness. Like mm -hmm. I think there was actually a system behind it. I never quite learned what the system was, but yeah, I think this was on the first day. He's when he first told me, put your stuff on sticky notes up there, and so people will know where to go to learn how to play bagpipes. I didn't, like what, what would you do with that? Like, what does that I, mean? You know, what does well, that even I'm, mean? <laughs> he says that to me like I should know what that means, you know? <laughs> right. So eventually, yes, I do figure out that, like, people are, like, basically leaving, like, not just notes to each other, but, like, resumes, like, job resumes on sticky notes. Um, like, all kinds of information is being passed around via sticky notes. So I find a patch of window, and I, like, draw a bagpipe on a sticky note, put it up, write my name under, on another sticky note, put it underneath that, write, like, come learn to play bagpipes on the lawn if you see me out there put it up there i think i wrote something like request any tune you want anytime i'll give it a special name just for you something like that because that's yeah. a lot of what i was doing is like there'd be like people on a canoe out in the lake right and i'd like be like this one's called the leaky canoe and i just strike in and play like minstrel boy or something right like i'd be like going around I'd be like there'd be a guest there I'd be like what's your name nathan all right this one's called nathan's march come on nathan and we'd like march around the living room i played yeah. like you know just filling my time right but try, like trying to like involve people somehow and tony seemed to like that so i kept doing it you know yeah, what i mean yeah. gotta gotta please the please the boss you know now at some point you get a sticky note and you're told it's a contract that's right yeah yeah that's right someone handed me a sticky note and it's like this is the contract take it to the court to the court what is it what are they called the court um court reporters it's like the court reporters he has a room in in the lower level of the house where there were a half dozen court reporters 
at like all times. And by court reporters, this, these are the people with the special keyboards, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. they can type like shorthand. Yeah. Take that to them, right? And like I had, I had an inkling that there was somebody like that somewhere because I'd see him going in and out of the house, right? But it always seemed like there was a lot of business going on down there. Turns out it's just like this room and they're like, sometimes they have assignments, sometimes they don't. They're just like all contracted just to be on hand in case something like this happens, right? Okay. So I go in there with this and I was like, this room of court reporters and like, uh, I have this sticky note. And they're like, we know what to do with that. You know, like, yeah. like oh yes, come in, <laughs> right? Like this happens to them all the time or something, right? So I take a, a sticky note to one of them. And they're like, all right. They start asking me questions and they're putting together like basically a resume, you know, um, so let's see. I'm trying to not mix the timeline up. At one point, let's see, what what was it? I can't remember if that sticky note came before or after. One night, one, some of the things that Tony had been having delivered were musical instruments. So he had a really nice uh, piano. So one of those, it's like, it's a grand piano, but it's got electric components as well. Okay. So there's a screen on it and you can set it to autoplay. So not only will it play beautiful music, but it'll actually pull its own keys down accurately. So you can like watch the music being played. Really, really fun, but you can also play it. You can set it so that no matter what key you press, when you press it, it plays the next part of the song that's oh up gosh. on the screen. Just look stuff amazing. like that. You just pound on the keys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's what we did. One, one night, everybody kind of ends up spontane spontaneously gathering in the living room before going outside for dinner. And it's like, it's this lovely gathering of just like a ton of eccentric, happy people. You know, really, like, this is bizarre, but also like a beautiful. <laughs> way to live like what a lovely community like everybody's just so happy and and anyway um so this one person who i who i, who I got to know a little bit gets out uh, a cello she had a cello so she gets out a cello she started playing her cello um one of tony's regular guests was this really good musician that i think was maybe friends with his brother or something like that who i had tried to kind of like jam with before on the pipes and stuff he, he was such a good musician he could do it you know he could work within the yeah. weird confines of, of bagpipes and by the way at this point i am using Big pipes, small pipes, even tin whistles sometimes. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm taking everything up there every time I go, just to for variety. I'm there, there for like four or five, maybe six hours. But this is also quintessentially you, right? I I, I guess I yeah. can I you know I know I know nine notes. That's it. Th you know that's I mean? that's true. I couldn't maybe. play a tin whistle, a recorder. I couldn't play a dog whistle. You know what I'm saying? That, but yeah, like, but yeah. James Moyer is very much like small pipes and organ and great pipes yeah and tin whistle and... I'll, I'll i'll own that i'm a jack of many but probably not a master of any is is the thing you know so right. you know i've got i've got maybe but kind of a spread i would definitely cl clarify classify you as a musician more than myself oh i appreciate that thanks i appreciate that yeah. i'd classify you as a bagpiper much more than i would myself so mm -hmm. take that take that as okay. a compliment for your own, right, for yourself right. put one in your own pocket <laughs> Um, but that was the thing is like some of the instruments that are showing up are things I know how to play, you know, they're just getting some like glockenspiels and some trumpets and some didgeridoos. And, and so like, I was able to hop on these other instruments as well. And so like, we're having kind of a good time. Right. And, um, and one night everybody's gathering into the living room. And so it's like, uh, we got the gal on the cello, Tony sits down at the piano and pulls up. We did a few songs. I remember great balls of fire in particular. Right. Um, because, and like, we're passing around trumpets and guitars and violins. Oh, and by the way, this is mid COVID. Right. But. Right. Why not, right? One of the things that Tony has pretty quickly uh, is a on-site COVID testing station. So every time I get there, I just go prick my finger and they do a test for me. And, you know, I'd hang out for 20 minutes while they ran the test and then say, yeah, you're clear, go in. And so um, we are passing around instruments, but also yeah. we've all literally just barely been tested for COVID. Um, and so 
uh, we got guys on violin, guitar, people are singing along and everything. And I've got my pipes out. And so we played Great Balls of Fire and Tony's like playing to the piano, you know, or pretending to play the piano. And it, it was like, every time we got to the chorus, goodness, gracious, great balls of fire, I bring in the pipes like, <laughs> luckily it was in the right key. It was like kind of close. It was like horrible, but hilarious, you know? So like in the aftermath of the glow of like this really fun scene, and this is after, I can't remember how many weeks of going up there quite a bit. Like I've got to know most of the people there, right? That's when, as we're all walking down to dinner, Tony, as we're walking down there is like, hey man, I want to talk to you. You know, like this is a cool place. This is a defining relationship moment. It is. Yeah, exactly. Ask you to move yeah. In. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. I, yeah. I know where the story's going. That's why. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, so here's, here's the deal. Here's what we do up here. You know, like basically just find your best, your best uh, W2 that you've ever got, however much money you've ever got in your life in one year, you know, the best yep. rate you've ever had. I'll pay you double that on a contract basis to just hang out here. And I was like, wait, <laughs> like, wait a minute, you know, like, yeah. what do you mean? Right. He's like, no, this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm trying to set up like a community, you know, and you fit in and I want you to be up here. And, uh, so just, uh, so I think that that's when he handed me the, the post-it note. Okay. I can't remember exactly. Cause then, cause we're on our way down he's to like, dinner. He's like, contract. Yeah, basically. Right. But we're heading down to dinner and he has me sit down with this gal who's like the new like HR person for the, for the community, for the property. Turns out. It's the same lady that I woke up on that first morning. <laughs> that was her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so she's like, we've met before, you know? Yeah. And, and so she's like, yeah. So Tony's kind of big picture. So I'll help you take care of like the actual like paperwork and stuff like that. So so I, I think I had the post-it note already at that point. But she was like, she's like, what else do you do? I was telling her like, you know, my normal day job. I was, uh, I was a, a construction contractor at the time. And stuff like that. she's like, we need somebody like that, you know? Um, cause they wanted to, so then Donnie comes over and they start talking. They're like, we want to build a, a castle for the families that come up here so their kids can play in it. But we want it to be big enough that the parents can go play in it with the kids too and have fun as well. We want a tree house, but like a serious tree house, like a really cool tree house, like with electricity and plumbing and stuff. We want a sweat <laughs> lodge, you know, like they're telling me all this stuff yeah. as if, as if I can make this stuff. I'm like, you know, hang on a sec. You know, like I, I, I bid for jobs. I don't swing hammers. You know, like I'm, I'm the yeah. nerd with the spreadsheets, you know, but I'm like, I can make the, at this point, I understand these guys have money and they give you the wish list. And you make it happen, right? That's that's all that really matters. Like yeah. I can make these things happen, right? So we're talking about like other stuff other than bagpipes as well. So I go, yeah. Then after that, I think I went to the court reporter and and uh, we started setting stuff up, um, if I remember right. It was something like that. So now, how does this all <clears throat> fizzle out? Well, um, okay. So there, I guess. Well, so I, and, and there's a few things that you brought up to to me that not not in the podcast, but like I remember you were giving them pushback and like I. Cause they were like, move up here. Yes. Move in. Yeah. You're like I got a not even into the family. House. He was like, he was kids. like, here's my land. You can develop part of the land if you want. You know, I'll give you this money and you can just like build a house on my land. You know. But yeah, you're right. I was like, well, my wife was expecting at the time mm-hmm. with our what our fourth kid. I was like, I need like health insurance and stuff like that, right? And then he was like, I'll pay you double. I was like, okay, I could probably afford my own insurance at that point. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I keep pushing back on him. Yeah, absolutely. Because like from that first day when he said like, you'll be coming back up here, this is what he had in mind, yeah. right? Was that like, I would live there, you know? And to be fair, there were families there. You know, there were kids there a lot of times, you know? And so it definitely was like a pretty pretty darn family-friendly place. You know, like like Tony himself, like, and, and a lot of his friends, like they had this, they had some eccentric ideas about various things, including health. There, there seems to be a prevalent idea that place that like, um, is it nitrous oxide that's the agent that puts that uh that puts out uh like in like whipped cream 
It will make like the gas, oh, the pressurized gas in it. Like I, I don't, I don't know if it's nitrous oxide, but like I know you can get high off them. They call them yeah. whippets, right? Yeah. Same with like uh, compressed it's, air, which is why they put that flavor. Right. Exactly. Air, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There's so, propellants. There's propellants. Yeah, in propellant. There. Right. It'll be too high. Those canisters are all over the place. Right. And like they had like like little water bottle looking things to be able to like distribute it more easily. And you know, mm. people are just taking taking hits off of that stuff all the time. As far as I understand, it's a disassociative, so it kind of make you feel like kind of kind of floaty, right? Um, I don't participate. And like every once in a while, you know, I'd I'd smell a little marijuana or or see somebody put you know put a put a roach in their pocket or something. And like they were always careful to put them away when the kids came around, you know. So it's like, yeah, family friendly ish, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, it depends on who you are, you know. Like, do I want my kids tripping over these canisters, you know? Like, you know, like how, you know. So anyway, so he's like, yeah, why not come up, you know, come on up. And I, I keep pushing back, like I need something more secure than this, you know. Like, just like you being like, I'll give you all, all the all the land you need. You know, it's like, well, that's, you know, got a contract or something, you know, and I got my sticky note, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and I should I should mention too that like, at, it's like, as this is going on throughout these these days and weeks of doing this, like, like a few things that happened that helped me to kind of get to know Tony a little bit is like, he's into like meditating, right? Like one time they had brought like this meditation instructor to the property and like, I played the meditation instructor off, you know, off the property. Yeah, I did the same Way thing. Way to break like, the meditation. It's yeah. Great right. Highland pipes. No, they, they, they were done. And like, I think, actually, I think I did use my small pipes for it. But I, I said something like, this is a slow march called the Lotus has left the building, you know? And I like struck in and <laughs> yeah. played like, I don't remember what. Uh, you Highland know, <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Highland right? Cathedral. And play, whatever, played him off the property and stuff like that. And, and like, and, and sometimes Tony would call me down there to his bedroom, right? And like, he wouldn't want to go eat. He just wanted to listen to, sm- to some small pipes. And he'd do like he'd be like, we're gonna do a, a meditation. We're just we're gonna have a no talking rule as long as you're playing, right? And so I'd play, and he'd like he'd just like kind of chill there while everybody else ate. And so you know, I began to feel just a little bit maybe of what um, what we might think of as being like a classical bard in a way, you know, or or uh, 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 you know, in the days of like the landed gentry, like having like a live on artist, you know. Um, I, f- I began to feel a little bit of what that might be like, right? It was like maybe we had, there were, maybe there was a niche that I could fill for this really wealthy person, right? Not that we were like buddies, right? Like it's not like we were talking about everything or anything like that, right? Just like when he needed this, I would come and play for him, right? And that, that forged something, you know? Yeah. Um, and on the note of meditating too, this is part of the candle thing, right? He really liked having candles all over the place. And I mean everywhere. These were like, not just where people were every evening there were staff members who were bringing out the food but there were at least two sometimes more people who were just assigned to run around with lighters to keep the candles burning because the wind would come and they'd blow out right so there are candles all around the dinner area Mm -hmm. but if you go up in the woods where like the walkways are and stuff they're like a bunch of paths that go through the trees there are candles all over the place like all over the entire property every evening there were just thousands of candles constantly burning and Tony didn't like the wax to be cleaned up. That's why the first day it looked so weird to me, right? He wanted the wax to like melt and run down over the rocks that, and stuff like that to like get this like sort of like this. He liked the look or the sure. feel of it, right? Like this organic type. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and, and then like on the beach, he had fenced off a small corner of the beach for himself to be able to go and be by himself there and to meditate there and stuff like that. In fact, there was a uh, – are you familiar with the famous park bench that has a life-size statue of um, – I'm trying to think of his real name. The guy who wrote uh, Huck Finn. Um, 
Oh, Mark Twain, whatever his yeah. name was. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't. I can't remember his real name. Well, you can imagine. It's like a park bench with like a bronze statue of Mark Twain sitting on it, right? So you can go sit mm-hmm. next to him, right? He had a replica of that statue on the beach oh, there. Right. Yeah. So you can um, just chill with Mark Twain. Yeah, yeah. And more often, I think he was hanging out in a lawn chair, but it was like back there. And he really liked to listen to like classic big band music, you know? So like lots of like trumpets and clarinets and stuff blaring, you know? And he would do that during his meditation. So if you heard that music come on down by the beach, you knew he was like in his little corner right anyway um so so and sometimes he would travel like this wasn't his only house of course right so i would go three or four days oh, without hearing from him who can yeah. have just one <laughs> come on right i'd go three or four days without hearing from him and that was usually because he was out of town right i find out after a little while like he calls las vegas home right that's like kind of his home base so like i'd show up and like if the nuggets the nuggets the warriors the golden warriors who their hockey team the las vegas hockey team Knights, golden knights the knights yeah the golden knights are, are the, is the Nuggets like their football team or something like that? Um, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's any Nuggets team? out of Nevada, but there's mm. um, the Nuggets out of Colorado and NBA. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, well, anyway, there was a hockey game on one night. He had a bunch of Golden friends State from Las Warriors. Vegas there to play, so I went and played for the hockey. Golden team. Knights. Is that what they call? Golden I think Knights. so. It's Golden some sort of warrior. Golden Spartans. Golden Knights. Golden, I think it's Golden Knights. Yeah, they were probably right. Uh, where was I going with that? Just these are the ways that I kind of got to know him a little bit. Like at, at some point, like honestly, like, and he was paying me good money too, you know, like the rate I was charging at that point was about a hundred bucks an hour. And, and I told him, I was like, it, you know, it's, it's, it is a taxing drive to get up there. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to charge you to drive up as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm not getting rich off of this. I'm still not quitting my job. Right. But it, it paid for my piping habit that year. You know? And you're trying to source 15 sets of pipes <laughs> that's right i did i did after talking to him i did call jeremy is it downs who has who owns lone star piper yeah because i like they're the closest right so i called jeremy and i was like hey man if i needed to get like a dozen sets of twist trap pipes like right away are you stocked up for that could you do that for me he's like yeah i've got enough to do that i was like all right well, what else do you have right and i kind of went through the list of things i thought would be needed i never ended up actually needing to place the order unfortunately right yeah, like right. I wrote, I wrote up the plan and everything for him and said, these, this many of this kind of pipes, this many of this. Because like later, Tony and I would talk about it sometimes. Like He'd be like, I want you to have like your own little place where you're playing. But if anybody wants to learn, I want to be able to walk over there and you'd be able to hand them an instrument and be like, here you go. Like He wanted like the kids who came on site and grown-ups too to be able to leave his house with their own set of small pipes <laughs> and one 20-minute lesson, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a beautiful vision, you know? I was all for it, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. I, now, if I remember my story right, you you kind of said that his handlers kind of watched the money and the flow. Yes, in and out that and seemed to like, be the feel. Yeah, and so like it took Tony a long wants time. a lot, but Tony yeah. gets some. Right, exactly. That's and and like it, it took a while to get paid. Like I would just keep adding to the invoice. I was like, yeah, they're good. They're good for it. You know, I'll get paid yeah. eventually. But it, it took a few weeks before I got paid every time. You know, I just keep adding to it because because it's other people handling it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, with the with the bagpipes and everything like that, like, I didn't want to go buy, you know, what, $40,000 of bagpipes? Yeah. And, and, then, and just, like, foot the bill for a few months, right, until they would pay me. And, you know, so I, that, I was trying to get that approved, you know, before I placed the order, you know, and that never did end up happening. Um, but, but, like, so when he was out of town, I wouldn't hear much from him. But whenever he came back into town, oh, yeah, and one night, what was it? What was it that he said? One of the times that the non-disclosure agreement came up. So, like, I hope I'm not offending anybody by telling these stories. I, I think, like, they're only good stories. I, I can't, and, like, as if anybody who was up there is going to listen to this podcast anyway. Um, but even if they did, I they're, they're nice people, so I wouldn't want to offend them or upset them or anything like that. But at, at one point, he was like, 
oh, when you come back Thursday, Paula, Paula's coming for dinner. Maybe she'll sing with you. I was like, oh, cool. And, and, she said, and somebody was like, Paula Abdul. I was like, oh, Paula oh. Abdul. Oh. oh, that Paula. All right. You know, so like stuff like that. If he had like a special guest coming, he'd make sure I was there so I could play them onto the property and stuff right. like that. Like people got a kick out of that. One night he had some guy who I still don't know who it was. I can't remember his name. Must have been famous for something. Um, and he's like, I want you to pipe that guy on the property like you have been doing, you know. So I was like, oh, okay. So I waited at the gate for him. He shows up with like his entourage, you know, a few other friends and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm going to play you on. Anything you want me to play? And they're like, the cucaracha. <laughs> so I played the cucaracha all the way down with these guys like trailing behind me. Like they started like dancing like they were Burning Man or something. Man. Like they're dancing around <laughs> behind me like fairies and stuff. It was, it was pretty fun. Oh, <laughs> Again, like I think of that now, right? Like these things were like, there were seven or eight occurrences like this every time I went there, you know? Um, so I'm just trying to think if I've missed any, oh, of, the, right. any of the especially great ones. <clears throat> that's right. Now tell me how it all fizzles out. So the way it fizzles out, I just I stopped I stopped hearing have a from sip them. Of your soda yeah, let me I'll have a sip real quick here. I downed mine like thirty seconds in. I um and the, this is this is part of the reason why I might have liked to like write write this story up because I feel like if I were able to in a classy way sort of like lay the the dots first that would then connect to the ending, I could do it in a beautiful and respectful way. I don't want this to seem like flippant because it is a. Yeah. It is a crazy story, you know, and it's like there are very funny parts of it for sure. But I hadn't heard from them for a little while. And so I reached out to Donnie. I was like, hey, man, I'm making some plans with my family to go out for the weekend. You know, so are you going to need me or not? You know, just let me know what's going on. Um, and I don't think I ever heard from Donnie again. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember how I first found out. But but Tony passed away. Now, I thought so. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I thought you had stopped getting gigs for some time before Tony passed away. But you're saying he passed away rather close to no, when you stopped getting gigs? I mean, close as in within weeks. Okay, but not months. I thought that was like... No, yeah, I thought it that wasn't was like a six-month gap. Like, no, not you that stopped long. Got, you stopped getting hired, then he passed away, but... Right, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like I played from the night before and then, he, and then he died, right? But it also wasn't... It wasn't too long. I think it was a matter of weeks. I mean, maybe it was two months. It's, it's crazy that this has now been a while ago, you know? And like... The craziness of it, I might have thought to myself at the time, like, I will never forget this, you know. But, no, there are details slipping already, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it, I think it was just a matter of weeks, you know, three, four, maybe five weeks that I hadn't been up there and hadn't heard from them. And I was like, well, maybe that's it. You know, maybe they don't like bagpipes anymore. And this was my concern all along when Tony was making offers of employment, you know. Yeah. Is, is like, you like it today, you know, but my kids are going to need to go to college eventually, you know. Like, how long are you going to like bagpipes, you know, yeah. to be fair at double what I've ever made before. You know, if I can get three years out of him, I'll pay my house off and be fine, you know? So <laughs> whatever, I'll, I'll find work then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I try not to think too much about that sometimes, you know, like yeah. what could I have achieved, you know? But um, but yeah, I, I found out he'd passed away. And it's like, maybe, I can't remember now. So while, while he was still alive, while I was still going up there, I had written a song for him. Um, just because like, you know, he was taking pretty good care of me, you know? He was paying me and it was, uh, interesting experience stuff so i wrote this song called the ranch which is what they called that property it was a really simple song and like i, I don't know probably probably a melody line that has been done in folk music many times before right very very simple song but still you know i wrote it and i printed out the sheet music real nice for him on like parchment paper and framed it and stuff and put it put it, took it took it up to him one time and um and he seemed to appreciate it and seemed to like it you know 
And uh, after he'd passed away, some people who were talking about possibly writing, like doing a, a documentary about him did reach out and they were like, hey, you know, maybe we could use that song at some point. Maybe we'd want to interview you. I emailed them, emailed back and forth them a, a little bit, like, you know, perfectly willing to participate. Um, but it, the project changed hands at least twice. Like I'd get an email from someone else being like, mm -hmm. I'm taking this project over and now I haven't heard from anybody for a long time. So maybe it won't happen. Maybe it happens, you know, in 10 years, you know, remembering the guy or something. But um, when he passed away, it, it's a sad thing, but you know, anybody who's like famous or, or rich, you know, there, there'll be speculations, I suppose. And so like the way that he died was in, an, uh, I think it might've been at his girlfriend's house. I feel like it was back east or something. I, this is something that I could Google, you know, like anybody could look yeah, this up. Yeah, we could just look it up. Um, but yeah, he died um, in a fire uh, in an outbuilding on a property, right? Mm -hmm. Which like some people were like, oh, you know, why didn't he wake up and come out? Like he must have been locked in. You know, somebody must have killed him or something. But like I can't help think like no way, you know. At least the group of people who I got to know, like I think, really loved each other and him. I mean, some of them were his, his blood relatives, Family, yeah. his siblings and stuff, you know, um, and his girlfriend and stuff like that, right? But, but See, you know, when I saw the headlines, the first thing yeah. I thought was candles. Yeah, yep. That's what I, I'm pretty sure, too. I, I'd be, in fact, it's a it's like a, maybe it's like a, a poetically beautiful way to imagine something horrible happening. Um, but, like, yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, candles, solitude. I bet there was some big band music playing, you know, <laughs> yeah. like he was just, this is that how he it. got a few minutes alone. You know, like this is what he did. You know, he probably went to the outbuilding, shut the door, lit some candles, turned on his music and maybe, maybe took a couple hits from, from some of that compressed stuff, you know, and so was a little more disassociated from reality than, than typically. And therefore it didn't wake up when it got smoky, you know, or maybe not, maybe not, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, Maybe somebody got jealous and wanted some money. No, Who knows, right? No, no. <laughs> Maybe the fire consumed the oxygen and he just passed away sleeping. Could be. Could and be. then only later yeah. Yeah. did things burn down. Totally. And, and what I would like to think to myself, though, is Died like... Died in his sleep. It, that's exactly what I'd like to think. However it happened, I think I'd like to think, and I think it's a reasonably likely thing, that his last moments of consciousness were nice ones, you know? doing what he wanted to do with it the candles like burning he did everything he going. wanted to do uh, if he didn't there's not a lot left i think because like man all the time they were like we're going to do hot air balloons tomorrow and stuff like they were doing all kinds of stuff all the time he was having a good time for sure but yeah love lovely guy so what i found out later um is that this guy tony his last name is is pronounced shay i believe it's spelled a little different though um again i should just google this uh i think that his parents are from the philippines and uh, I believe he first made some money by writing some banner ad software that Microsoft purchased. But his bigger thing is that later he became the owner of Zappos. Right. And, uh, and he had recently cashed in before he went to Park City, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think that maybe was part of the leaving and going to Park City. From what I started to gather after having been up there for a little while, people would talk about what he was trying to build there. And I never, you know, so like I'd hear like these references to it, but never quite know what the vision was. And I guess that previously in Nevada, he had built kind of a, an artist's community, kind of in a trailer park. Like he'd kind of like bought up or built up a trailer park and like he had like llamas running around and, and like would do the same thing. He would invite people to come and basically just like live there and just like live a good life together. And he would write these contracts with them that he'd give them double whatever they'd ever made, you know, and just like, just come be in community yeah. here. Right. And so from what I understood, he was trying to set up the same kind of thing in Utah, 
but with a more family-friendly twist, you know. So maybe the place in Nevada was less bring your kids, you know, more if you don't yeah. have kids, come on over or abandon your kids and come over or something like that, right? Whereas, and so like he was trying to trying to set up like a, I don't know, Neverland, Neverland Ranch comes to mind, but then there are negative connotations, yeah. but, you know. So that's not what I I wouldn't want to draw that, right? But um, but yeah, from what I understand, that's kind of what he was going for, and uh, and yeah, that's I guess that's where he got his money and. And uh, his eccentricities can be are, are chron- chronicled on the internet. You can read all about how he like dissolved the power structures at Zappos and disrupted the industry by saying he was going to offer free refunds, like all kinds of things. You know that I don't know. Is it's like I've wondered before, especially after having met him. Like, to what degree do you have to have a person who's the right kind of free thinker that they change an industry and and like make like big changes that echo beyond their own life? Is it that? Is that the impetus where it starts? Or is it that someone has to have enough success that they can do what they want without fear of consequences? And that's what gives birth to innovation. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, you know, which, which, which one's the chicken and which one's the egg. But That was a beautiful story. Oh, is it? Yeah. I feel like I, I should have thought of, I should have had some better, more beautiful way to say he died. But I don't know, how, how else, right? No. That's I what mean, happened. <clears throat> that's what it is. That's, yeah. you know. I mean, I think, what an experience, dude. It was crazy, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I hope I hope your story comes across just as full of joy and excitement, right? Mm-hmm. And no negative connotation because, yeah, from what I've gathered, it wasn't that experience at all. It was just, it, no, yeah. every, everything about it was just bliss and awesome. Yeah, and, and the thing is, if I'd, like... If I'd known of people like Tony and Donnie and a lot of the other people who I met there on a very surface level, I would have made all kinds of negative assumptions about them, right? That like all they care about is money. They're just out to have a good time, you know, like just like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know. But having spent more time with them, like maybe these are a special group of that, you know, like at one point I had to call a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Trevor. He, he, he runs his family construction business based out of Spanish Fork, Stubbs Construction. They build a lot of stuff that's like luxury stuff. Like they build a lot of like luxury cabins and stuff like that. And so I knew he'd, he'd worked with people like this before. And so like when Tony's like telling me things like I want a sweat lodge and I want 12 sets of bagpipes and stuff like that. I called him. I was like, how do you handle a client like this? Right? Because most clients I say, okay, that's going to be this much. Is that okay with you? And they want to review that up ahead of time, right? Yeah. But Tony doesn't want to see numbers, you know? Like, that bothers him, you know? I'm like, how do you handle this? And he kind of coached me through. He's like, no, here's what you got to understand. I think it was I think it was uh, Jane Austen who said through Elizabeth um, Bennett, uh, let me tell you about the very rich. They are not like you and me, <laughs> right? So he explains this. <laughs> he's like, you can't think like yourself, right? That's not how he thinks, right? He just wants a thing done. Get it done and bill him later. You know, and that's not to take advantage of him or anything like yeah. that. Just they don't want that minutiae, right? They want the thing, get the thing, right? Worry about the stuff, the other stuff later. Um, anyway, now, now I can't remember. What, oh yeah, just the assumptions I would have made about uh, this this class of people, right? These are people who have amounts of money that I, you know, I, I will never achieve this, right? This is this is a set of people that like I don't. I got to peek into these circles that I never would, would, will have like genuinely for my own, like I'm never going to enter these circles and live in these circles. You know what I mean? But I just, I I don't know. It did something for me that like, I'm used to thinking of prejudice as being something that uh, I would have that could only exist in a punching down way. 
right? That I might have negative biases. I hope I don't, right? But I think of prejudice and biases as being something that you look down on people who are poorer than you, less educated than you, things like that, right? That you perceive as being less moral than you or something like that, right? But this felt like a backward thing where like, it's like, it's always safe to have prejudices against people who you're punching up toward, right? Right, right. But those negative ideas that I would have had of these people if I'd, if I'd only seen them on a surface level were just as wrong as negative ideas that I might have about people who I was punching downward toward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like um, this guy, uh, I can imagine if I hadn't known him and had heard that news story, I would have maybe thought just a flippant little thought, something like, ah, there's another one, you right, know, yeah, yeah. like just had something no morals. in a negative just, way. Yeah, something negative. Just like, yeah, your, your candle burned bright and burnt out fast serves you right, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, candle metaphor is very fitting in this case, isn't it? But uh, no, not at all, you know? And, and like, I did try to send some messages to some of the people who I had contact with still, you know, Donnie and some other people and just like let them know, like, I'm really sorry and stuff. But I'd imagine that, I mean, I was, I was a hired entertainment, yeah. you know, so... I wouldn't expect him to Yeah, so I wouldn't expect him to like feel any connection to me anyway. So no big deal there that I didn't hear from him. But also, I think at the time there probably were ongoing investigations and stuff like that. So probably people weren't supposed to be reaching out anyway. But but that's it, man. That's the That's the chronicle. That's the That was amazing. Was it? Yeah. Did that come out okay? Yeah. Good. Cuz like I had I had thought to myself